All right, we'll wait a couple more minutes here. We said 11.15, we get started, so we'll give people plenty of time to, to get on and uh, join us and be a part of our live feed. We've uh, never done this before from uh, Beecher Island, but it's great to, to do. And uh, with the weather that we have, the cold temperatures, the snow, it's just best to stay at home and uh, be safe and join together through Facebook Live. Uh, Sometimes we are not very happy with technology, but uh, when we can use it like this, it's a good thing, uh, a really good thing. Uh, while we're waiting, too, I'm just going just gonna to ask uh, everybody that is listening to please be praying for our ranchers as they're trying to take care of uh, cattle, and, and especially if they're calving right now, it is, it is tough. And so be, be praying for our cattle ranchers as they... Are trying to take care of livestock and really that's any livestock um, today uh, in these cold temperatures just just uh, making sure that they are they are well uh, a couple announcements just just while we're waiting here um, and, and people when they watch this back they can or look at it later they can have this too but uh, Beecher Island's gonna have creation truth come to the church on March uh, 7th 8th and 9th and creation truth is a is a ministry that has a uh, awesome dinosaur museum that they bring along with them, and in that uh, they come and teach creation, uh, the first six chapters of Genesis. <clears throat> they will look at a worldview and a biblical view, and they will uh, teach truth in all of that, and so. Uh, come to Beecher Island on the seventh day of the night. Put it on your put it on your calendar. Um, uh, at this time, we believe that it's going to be from about uh, six o'clock to eight thirty, uh, and it builds upon itself. So you don't want to just plan on one night, but you want to build on. <clears throat> you want to plan on coming uh, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, because in all of that, the teaching comes together, and it is uh, a pretty amazing teaching. It uh, changed the way that I read the Bible. And uh, I'm pretty sure it will change the way that you read it uh, in just the truth that it lays out. So definitely uh, put that on your calendar and uh, be a part of it. So uh, Christy is telling me it's time. It, it, uh, it's time to get rolling. So um, again, good morning. Welcome to Beach Island. It is good to, uh, to be able to do this. It's good to join together. Um, maybe we can't see each other, but uh, you can see me, so it's good. And uh, uh, happy Valentine's Day. And gentlemen, if you have not told your wives that, tell them now. Tell them now. So happy Valentine's Day. It is good. And uh, I'm excited about today because we're going to look at one of uh, the chapters. In, well, I'll say this. We're going to look at my favorite chapter in the Gospel of John today. And I am excited about that. We're not going to get all the way through it, but we're going to start into it. And uh, it's going to, be, going to be a good morning. If you're with us for the first time here at Beecher Island, and, and listening, I guess I should say, for the first time uh, with us at Beecher Island, welcome. Welcome. Let me just uh, tell you who we are. Uh, Beecher Island is an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And in that, we rely on God's Word. A good friend said, uh, he was asked the other day about what denomination he got his teaching from. And he said, God's Word. And uh, that's what we try to do at Beecher Island. 
teach God's word and be of his word, not of any denomination. And so that's who we are. And I'm overjoyed that you are with us today. If this is your first time, I'm overjoyed. If this is your thousands, thousandth time that you've been with us, I'll, I'll try to get that said right. But if you got your Bibles, if you don't, get it. And if you do have it, open it to John 3. John chapter 3 is where we're going to be. In John chapter 3, um, like I already said, one of my favorite books of the Gospel of John. But before we read John chapter 3, we have to answer, why did John write this? We keep going back to, to uh, John 20 verse 31. These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing, you may have life in His name. John wrote this Gospel so that we will know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And I'm excited to jump into it today. Let's go to him in prayer first. Father God, I just thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for the mo moisture. Uh, but Lord, I pray in that that you be with our ranchers, our cattle ranchers, and, and all the people who have livestock, uh, whatever it is. And if they're, they're putting babies on the ground right now, Lord, it is tough. And God, I just, just pray uh, for life in, in that livestock that, um, that's getting put on the ground. Lord, I pray that they'll be warm. I pray that our that we all stay warm and um, and safe. Lord, I thank you for this morning, though, and I just pray, Lord, that we set everything aside of this world and we just focus on you right now. That we focus on just seeking you, seeking your truth. And Lord, I just uh, uh, pray that your truth be spoke right now and that our hearts be open to it. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, John. Chapter 3, uh, going to read verses about 1 through I don't know, 21, maybe, was where we're going to go to. John chapter 3. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up a snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. That everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. It's God's Word. <laughs> A lot in there. A lot in there to talk about. And I, and I think, though, that we first need to look at Nicodemus. Study who he was. You know, Nicodemus, uh, right off the bat, we know that he's a Pharisee. Not just a Pharisee, though. He was, he was the ruler of the Jews, a member of the Sanhedrin, the main ruling body in Palestine. You know, they were pretty much like the Supreme Court of today. The Pharisees were all about the law, though. All about the law and, and adding to it so much uh, that, that they wanted to show their devotion to God by their outward following of the law to a T. And uh, it says, though, uh, that Nicodemus came at night. That he came to Jesus at night. And, and uh, you know, there, there's all kinds of interpretations as to, to why he came to Jesus at night. There, there, there is one that some, or I should say some that say that, that somehow it's figurative to the spiritual darkness of Nicodemus's heart. I tell you, really, I really struggle with that one. I, I completely disagree. Some say that it was a time issue, that Nicodemus was busy, he knew that Jesus was busy, and so he came to him at night so that they would have plenty of time to, to talk. And that, that Nicodemus would be able to learn from Jesus. And so he came at night so he'd have that time. Others say, though, it was because he was embarrassed to be seen with Jesus. And so, being the prominent man that he was, he, he came at night. You know, I'm not sure I can go along with any of that myself, but um, let me just say this. I think that we can sometimes miss things in the Bible. Because we read it chapter and verse. Just like I started in chapter 3 and we started reading. But I think that we miss some pretty important information by not starting at the bottom of chapter 2 and reading on into chapter 3. So if you will, jump back over to chapter 2. Chapter 2, verses 23. And then I'm going to read right in to chapter 3. Verse 23 in chapter 2. Two and then right into chapter 3. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast many believed in his name as they observed his signs which he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them because he knew all people and because he did not need anyone to testify about mankind for he himself knew what was in mankind. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus at night and said to him, I'll stop right there. 
you see, there's a major contrast here. There's a major contrast, and, and there were Jews that were, were professing the Lord, but Jesus knew that their faith was not real. And I think that Nicodemus was the exception. I absolutely believe that he was the exception. You see, I, I think that Jesus uh, knew that Nicodemus's, Nicodemus had a desire to know the truth. He, he wanted to know Jesus. And when we look at the interpreted word here, when we go back to the Greek, and we, and we look at this transition word that, that was used for now at the beginning of chapter 3, it was, um, I hope I say it right, de, de, that word can be translated many different words. And so I think that they had to translate it now because it's the, at the beginning of, of chapter 3, but what if it was but? Because it can be translated as the transitional word, but. Let me read it to you. But there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. You see, I think it gives us a hard stop there and, and makes us pause and, and, and realize that Jesus was talking about this group of Jews that had heart issues. They had some real heart issues in believing and having true faith in Jesus. But Nicodemus, Jesus says, I think, I think that's the way it should be. Jesus saying Nicodemus is different. And we will see why he was different as we continue on in chapter 3. The word tells us that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. And we've already talked about a little bit of the, all the different interpretations, but you know what I say in this? I say, you know what? Does it really matter? Because I want you to hear this this morning. It doesn't matter how, when, or why you come to Jesus. It matters that you come to Jesus. And I think that's the same with Nicodemus. He came to Jesus. And, and, and that is what is important, is that he came to him. And that's what import, is important for you, is that you come to Jesus. It doesn't matter when. I've come to Jesus at night many times. For many different reasons. And that's what's important, is that we come to him. You see, and just like Nicodemus, though, he, he came to Jesus with a heart, understanding that Jesus was different, and that's how we need to come to him. It doesn't matter when. But Nicodemus wanted to know more. He wanted to know more. And, and listen to what Nicodemus asked Jesus. Listen to what he asked. He said, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher. For, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Nicodemus is staying right there. I know that you're from God. I, I know that you're different. No one can do these things that you're doing. I know that. I, only you can, the only way you can do these is if you're from him. These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. You see, then Jesus answers him. And I'm going to read Jesus' answer from the King James Version because I, I just love the way it states it. And it just makes us uh, listen, I think. It makes us hear because it's something different. We don't hear words spoken like this. 
Jesus answered and said to him, this is uh, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Let's start with, verily, verily, I say unto thee. You see, the, the Greek word that's translated here is, Amen, Amen. Amen, Amen. It's saying, hey, I'm, I'm giving you a trustworthy statement. I need you to listen to this. You know, we say amen at the end of our prayers. When we all gather together and we, and we pray, we say amen because we're saying, hey, I agree with what you're saying. You're, you're, you're saying a trustworthy statement. But here Jesus is saying, hey, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you something that is a trustworthy statement. And I need you to hear it. I need you to listen to it. I need you to comprehend it. And I need you to put it into your heart. You know, a lot of translations uh, that we have today, I think we miss some of that. We kind of lose what Jesus is saying here. Uh, just, as I, just as I read from the NIV version at the beginning, it says... The way that it translates, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. And in today's culture and modern society, I think that we lose what Jesus is saying. Because, come along with me in this. When somebody says to you, hey, I'm telling you the truth. Or, I'm being honest with you. Do we think, well, have you not been honest with me? The rest of the time, or whatever, anything else that you tell me, are you not telling me the truth? What about when your kids, if you have kids, and they say, I'm telling you the truth, Dad. I'm telling you the truth, Mom. Do we believe them? Or we start to question now because they made the statement. You see, we shouldn't look at what Jesus is saying in that light. What he is saying, verily, verily, I say unto thee, Amen, amen, I say unto thee, I'm going to tell you something that is a trustworthy statement. That's what Jesus is saying, a trustworthy statement. And you need to hear it, listen to it, comprehend it, and put it into your heart. So Jesus goes on to say, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a person be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born. Can he? Nicodemus is confused. And I would have been too. I, if I was standing there, I'd have been completely confused too. Nicodemus is trying to wrap his mind around what Jesus is telling him. But you know what? Jesus is saying, Nicodemus, you have come to me for teaching. You have come to me for teaching, but what you really need is to be born again. That's where we have to start. That's where each one of us has to start. We must be born again. In other words, you must be born from above. Believe in His name, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or as Paul puts it in Romans 10, 9. You must confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, and you will be saved. You will be born again. You will see the kingdom of God. But 
again, we have the advantage of seeing the big picture, seeing the whole picture. But let me just tell you, not everybody that you talk to, not everybody that you tell about Jesus Christ will see the whole picture. They may, just, they may be just like Nicodemus and saying, you know what, I know that Jesus is different, and I have a heart for Jesus, but I, but I don't understand. Brothers and sisters, that's where we have to be like Jesus and speak truth to them. Be loving in it. Have a loving heart, but speak truth to them and not sugarcoat it. Not, not sugarcoating the truth of what Jesus says. See, it is okay to say, that if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't get to see the kingdom of God. It's true. Guys, we have to be honest with people. We have to be honest with them and say, you know what? Jesus is the one and only way. He's the one and only way to see the kingdom of God, and it's through confessing Him as Lord. Nicodemus had questions for Jesus, though. And Jesus gives him more explanation, though. He explains it even more. Verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. Again, Jesus is saying, Hey, listen up. I want you to hear this. I need you to get it. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. Unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which has been born of the flesh is flesh, and that which has been born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it's coming from <clears throat> and where it is going. So is everyone who has been born of the Spirit. What did Jesus mean when he said... Unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I will tell you that this verse is a hot topic. And it has been for a long time. There are many who insist that he's talking about a uh, literal water is intended here. And that Jesus is speaking of the necessity of water baptism for salvation. I'm just going to tell you that Jesus is not talking about baptism of water. If we want to make it that, it's in complete contrast with what the rest of the Bible says. We can read over and over and over again that salvation is, is by faith in Jesus Christ alone. We can't add to that. It's by Him. Just like I always tell you that, that baptism is for those who are already saved. Not a means of salvation. So then, what is Jesus saying then? What is he trying to say here? Not trying. What is he saying? Some say that the water in this verse refers to the Word of God. In Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, water is closely associated with the Word of God. Also in 1 Peter 1, 23 and in James 1, 18, new birth is said to take place through the Word of God. It is quite possible that the water in this verse could refer to the Bible. I mean, truly, we, we know that there can be 
no salvation apart from the scriptures. We, it is the message that is contained in the scriptures that a person has to accept to see the kingdom of God. That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. We have to accept that. But water may also refer to the Holy Spirit. In John 7, 38 and 39, it says this, The one who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he said in reference to the Spirit, who those, uh, whom those who believe in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. In this verse, Jesus is speaking of, of <clears throat> rivers of living water. And we are uh, distinctly told that when he used the, the words water here, or the word water, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. It's very specific in that. And so if water means the Spirit in chapter 7, why would it not mean the same thing in chapter 3? But we run into a slight issue. You see, the verse says, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. But if water means to be translated Spirit, well, well then Spirit is used twice. And it says, is born of the Spirit and the Spirit. But just as I said before, at the beginning of chapter 3, it might be better if we have that word, that transition word translated just a little bit different. Not be now, but be but. What about the word and? Same thing. You see, these transitional words, the, uh, is used over 3,000 times in the Bible. And it's translated many different ways. So what if we translated and to even? So the verse would read, unless someone is born of water... Even the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So it's saying even the Spirit, if he is not born in the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You know, when you really think about it, though, it breaks down to this. Physical birth is not enough. There must also be a spiritual birth if a person is to enter the kingdom of God. And this spiritual birth is only produced by the Holy Spirit. I got to tell you, though, I've worked pretty hard at trying to convince you of what it should be. But as I was reading over this last night, I wanted to throw my whole sermon away. I thought I missed it. You see, when I was reading it, I just felt like, why don't you keep it simple? A lot of times in theology, we start to try to make the word be what we want it to be and match our theology. But what if we just read it? 
Jesus gives us plenty of description words in there to understand what he's trying to say. I'm always telling myself I need three verses to back up what I'm trying to teach. But not just three verses. We've got to read 20 verses before and 20 verses after to make sure that we are interpreting God's word the way that he intended it to be. Let's just read it. John chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. I love to read 20 verses before and 20 verses after, but we're just going to read these, and I'm going to encourage you to, to read it all. I'm read 20 verses before, 20 verses after. See if I'm right. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Right here, guys. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. What do we say when a woman goes into labor? Her water breaks. Her water breaks. Are we trying to make this more than what it should be? Can we just say that Jesus is saying, hey, you must be born of the flesh and, and, and then the Spirit? That if you are born of the flesh, that you have to be born of the Spirit in order to see the kingdom of God. Why do we have to make it all these other things and, all, and work so hard to try to prove what we're trying to say when we can just look at it and say, why can't it be what Jesus is saying right here? Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You see, uh, when I was reading that last night, it just, it just hit me. And I have dug into this scripture a lot. Maybe because of my upbringing in the church, but um, I don't want us to misunderstand what Jesus is trying to say here. I don't want us to base our theology off of one verse and what Jesus is trying to say here. We all know we can't save ourselves. And once you are born in the flesh, it takes Jesus. give us the promise of eternal life. It's only through Jesus that we have the promise of eternal life. And so can water just be being born of the flesh? As it says in chapter 6, or in verse 6, flesh gives birth to flesh. You see, Jesus even drives it home even more, though. That it's all Him. It's all about Him. An analogy I'll share with you, and I hope I get this right, but an analogy that I uh, looked at the other day that a baby realistically puts no energy into being born. It's not the baby's energy that makes them be born, if I can say that. But it's the mother's energy. It's her giving birth. It's all her energy. The same with the birth and the spirit, right? Once we accept Jesus, 
It's not our energy. It's not our saving. It's not us making us be born again. It's all Him. It's all that He's done. He has done it all. It's from Jesus hanging on the cross. It's from Jesus laying in a tomb. It's from Jesus being risen to walk this earth. That we can be born again and see the kingdom of God. It's all Him. It's all being born in the Spirit. We focus a lot on the water. Where our focus should be is being born in the Spirit. See, because Jesus even goes on even more. Let's continue on. Let's read verse 6 again and following. That which has been born of the flesh is flesh. That which has been born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it's coming from and where it's going. So is everyone who has been born of the Spirit. You see, guys, we are hopeless and helpless. Every one of us. Every one of us are hopeless and helpless unless we are born in the Spirit. when we are born in the Spirit, we can stand in the assurance of heaven. But that only takes place. Listen to me, it only takes place. The, the, the Being born in the Spirit, the rebirth, only takes place if we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It only takes place when we give Him our life. When we lay ours down and we give it all to Him. Nothing else does it. Listen to me. There is not one human, not, not one human on this earth that can save themselves. And there is no material thing that can save you either. No material thing. It is only through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's exactly what Jesus was telling Nicodemus and wanted him to understand. It's through him alone, Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you this morning. There's only one way to the kingdom of God. Only one way. And that's through Jesus Christ our Lord. <laughs> John said, I've written these things so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you may have life in his name. Believing. That means accepting him. That means letting him be your Lord and Savior. And the kingdom of God means heaven. Heaven. You don't get to heaven by doing good or being good. It's not, it's not by anything you do. You don't get it any other way than by believing in Him. Believing in Him. And today is the day to accept Him. If you've never uh, let Jesus be your Lord and Savior, today is the day. Jesus already took care of all the hard work. He went through all the labor pains for you. Hung on a cross. Died for you. He says, all you got to do is accept me. Let me into your life. 
Let me in your heart. Let me be the Lord of your life. And you'll be with me for eternity. And I want to encourage you that if you've never done that, that you do that today. Let him be your Lord. Confess Jesus Christ. And then when you do that, come talk to me about getting baptized. Come talk to me about getting in the water and professing Jesus Christ to the masses. Let's go to him in prayer. Father God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for all the people who, who are listening now and all that will listen. God, I just pray that, uh, man, if there's anybody that is listening, anybody at all that has not given their heart to you, that they do that today. Lord, help us to make the Bible, your word, not, not confusing. Not, not so that we have to dive into it and try to try to make it make sense. You make it make sense. If we just open our hearts and step out of our theology and step into you. God, give us guidance when we read your word. Give us knowledge when we read your word. Wisdom. Lord, I thank you that you do that. And I just pray for everybody this morning. I pray that they are safe and warm. Lord, thank you that you sent your son to die for us. Thank you that we have the promise of eternal life when we give our lives to you. And Jesus, it's in your name that I pray. Amen. Be blessed. Have a great day.